Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I am Kelly Patrick, alongside my lovely co-host, Ashley Miller, coming at you for another version of the All Sports Talk, as we do every Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 until noon here on 1450 WXVW. I want to thank our sponsor, Brandon J. Lawrence, for allowing us to be on the air each and every Saturday and Sunday. Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney, call 502-587-0041 to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. As is par for the course, our man Brandon will be calling in at the end of the second hour to correct us on any factual inaccuracies we may have had throughout the entire show. We've got plenty to talk about, and for the most part, it seems to revolve around, I guess we can talk World Cup, but we got a lot of news when it, around the, the world of the NBA and the free agency period. How are you doing this morning, Ashley? I, good God. I don't know, then. <laughs> um, I'm actually doing pretty good. Um, long week. It was kind of a big weekend in F- the world of pageantry. Yeah, fill our listeners in on what, what's kept you so busy, Ashley, um, over the last week or so, or however yeah. long. you. I mean, you're very, you got all sorts of stuff going on. Yeah, well, of course, I guess the beginning of the week was majority of my campaign stuff. I had a huge big um, event on Tuesday evening. It was a Women for Ashley event, which was fantastic. We had over 150 people there, raised a good amount of money. That was awesome. Um, First Lady, um, Jane Brashear, First Lady of Louisville, Kathy Armith, they all came out, which was amazing. Um, That was the first part of the week. The end of the week was um, Miss Kentucky. So this weekend, the young lady was crowned who will represent Kentucky in the Miss America pageant in September. So um, she basically is in for a whirlwind for the next six weeks before she leaves for Miss America because everything from wardrobe to fitness to interview coaching, um, picking up her new Lexus, um, all of those things are happening or now happening. So there, the new Miss Kentucky, her name is Ramsey Carpenter. And congratulations to her, and really looking forward to getting to work with her over the next year. I don't know what's going on. We're dead air. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, I can hear you now. So it was really interesting to um, get a chance to work with her over the course of the year. Um, and especially this next six weeks in helping prepare to get ready for Miss America. Oh, I didn't say that, but I'm on the board of Miss Kentucky also this year. So you're very involved. Being Miss Kentucky means that for the rest of your life, you'll be very involved in all, all of uh, everything that has to do with pageantry within the state. Most likely, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um. And the girl, uh, Ramsey, she's a fiddle player. I don't think I said that. What her talent was? But she plays a the fiddle. Fiddle player. Yeah. Okay. She's really good at it too. Okay. It was a very interesting pageant. I think um, it could have gone when they called the top five. It could have gone four different ways. Um, it was a really competitive night. And I think that was one. Last night was one of the first times that I actually sat there and said, "I have no idea what's going to happen." Okay. In between all of that, your beloved LeBron James I know. went home. So it looks like I got to switch my teams back. I, I was telling um, 
I was telling my buddy last night when, when talking about the different fans who are who are LeBron fans or Miami Heat fans that I know my co-host Ashley has always said, came out and you've said you're, you're a LeBron James fan. Mm-hmm. You didn't make any bones about it. You were a fan of the Miami Heat because LeBron James was on the team. Correct. So how excited, how do you feel about this? I don't know. It's I, a youth movement. It, it's really, um, honestly, I thought that at some point he would maybe go back. I wasn't completely certain that it would happen right now. I thought maybe in a couple of years from now. Um, but I think when Chris Bosch left, it was kind of a, a tale of signs to come, of things to come, basically, because I thought if he left, something must be happening that's kind of breaking the team up, or maybe LeBron really isn't staying with Miami. I was even, you know, trying to think about the Shabazz Napier um, pickup with the draft, like, Maybe it just wasn't enough, or he just really felt like he needed to come back to Cleveland and make amends. I think he's a marketing genius. Whoever's advising LeBron, the decision obviously was a colossal failure. When he he went out, oh gosh, that was he he made the decision and he he burnt his hometown. That was that was not good. That did not win. That did not score brownie points with the public for LeBron James. But what I think he did a few days ago did. It almost completely erased the entire decision. He's grown. He said the four years in Miami were similar to spending four years at college. And he's going home. He's injecting um, financial resources and really stimulating even the economy of Cleveland, the area he's from, which, you know, very, very badly needs it. Yeah, I think he kind of has to do that, though. I think, um, like you said, after the whole aftermath of the decision and the burning of his jerseys and all those types of things that were happening in Cleveland, they really had almost like a, they had a sincere hatred of LeBron James. So I think that in order for him to go back and expect to be, quote, forgiven, like the shirts that, have you seen those shirts that have been selling Yes, online? I have. Yeah, so... I feel like for him to really be able to go back and feel like he was going to be received well, he kind of he had to do a lot of rebuilding, I think. Now the question is, how good is a guy like Andrew Wiggins? Um, and, I mean, I know that Kyrie Irving is a proven NBA commodity, but how good is he going to be alongside LeBron James? I don't know. It, it, that will be very interesting to watch um, for sure. I do think that one thing about LeBron James, one reason why I like him so much, is he's a fantastic team player, and he's very good at making people around him better. No question. Mike Miller, Ray Allen seem to be joining the party in Cleveland. Um, the, the Dan Gilbert came out and said they have no intentions of – I'm sorry, the coach, the guy from, from uh, the European coach that they have – came out and said they have no intentions of trading away Andrew Wiggins, which was a rumor that they may put together some type of a deal to bring in Kevin Love, maybe give up this hot prospect in Andrew Wiggins, number one pick in the draft, and and try to bring in Kevin Love. Now if they're going to bring in Kevin Love, I guess they'd be parting ways with Deion Waiters, maybe Anthony Bennett. I don't know why the hell the, 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 the Timberwolves would even do that. but Who's the big man in Cleveland right now? I feel like I'm Anderson Vergeau. Okay. LeBron has said he's all, one of his all-time favorite teammates. Um, very active. I would say an upgrade over Birdman or whoever the center was in Miami. I, I personally think Anderson, Anderson Vergeau is an upgrade for LeBron 
to have as a as a, a, a post player. So a, a lot of big news. This has been one of the more exciting NBA off seasons in recent history. Not just because of the LeBron situation, but I, I think um, you know Paul Pierce is now going to the Washington Wizards. That's a pretty big story. Yeah, that is. He may be on his on his last legs, but I think that the value of a, a veteran for a young team like the Wizards cannot be overstated. Uh, also, Pau Gasol's headed to the Bulls. It looks like the the Miami Heat they kept their that as it turns out they're keeping Chris Bosh. Oh, so I thought he was. Yeah, it, right. it made it. He did opt out, but that was supposed to be a, a part of the strategy. They're keeping Chris Bosh now. Gosh, I thought. Yeah. I thought, so I guess I heard he was going to Houston. Yeah, I heard. Yeah, that's what he was supposed to be doing. He's and, back. He's okay. staying in Miami. So is Dwayne Wade. And now they may be bringing in Lou Alding. They brought in this Josh McRoberts guy. Um, and I mean, when you're looking at the landscape of the Eastern Conference, this may not be a bad Heat team. I'd say they're definitely a playoff team with Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Lou Alding. Are they going to win the title? No. But, I, I mean, they didn't come out of this that bad, depending on how you're looking at it. I mean, obviously they lost. Yeah, I guess they did. They were a championship team for, in the finals four consecutive years. They won't be in the finals for a fifth consecutive year without LeBron James. But so, they're still active on the free agent market. So did do you think, is Cleveland now... Can, being going to be considered a contender? I think I heard that Vegas now has them as the, the favorites to win it all. Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, Mike Miller, Ray Allen, and, uh, you know, guys like Anderson What does that Bears, say so. about Ray Allen? What, did he just chasing championships? No, I don't think that, but maybe that he wanted to go with LeBron. Oh, clearly. Or maybe that says something about LeBron James, maybe. LeBron likes, I mean, hell, all Ray Allen has to do is be, I mean, you, you don't lose the ability to shoot a three-pointer. No. And I think Reggie Miller could have stuck around in the league for many years beyond what he did. But LeBron, being such a physical presence and so aggressive offensively, can drive to the lane mm-hmm. and kick it out in the clutch. I mean, it's almost specifically a situation where you need someone you can count on to hit a three, and he'll come and he'll sign for minimal money. And, I mean, that's that's an asset. I, I don't know exactly, you know, how big of a role he'll play, but they have Kyrie Irving, a point guard that's a caliber that LeBron has never played with before. I mean, that, that's that's a true point guard. You don't have, There's no more saying, well, LeBron James runs the – he's the point guard of this team, even though he's a small forward. Kyrie Irving is the clear-cut point guard. Very talented, elite-level point guard. It's interesting what the Cavaliers did. LeBron left, and then for three out of those four years, they had the number one overall pick. Isn't mm-hmm. that crazy? Mm-hmm. And now he's back. It's almost, it almost makes you wonder, was that, like, was that by design and we all just didn't know about it? I mean, how else? He, he, had, he was relying on guys like Isrina Sogoskis and uh, Anton Jameson when he left. Mm-hmm. It's tough to get over that hump unless you have another big superstar out there. Is Kyrie Irving maybe that superstar? And maybe Andrew Wiggins, too. Anthony Bennett appears to be a bust. But they've got two guys who could turn into, potentially, great complementary pieces to LeBron and very youthful ones. Andrew Wiggins could represent someone who can guard the wing player. LeBron won't necessarily have to guard the the Carmelo Anthony that they'll be doing battles with in the Eastern Conference. 
Um, he'll be able to ex- save some of his energy for the offensive end and be part of a team. Andrew Wiggins is supposedly going to come into the NBA and be a top 10 athlete out of the gate. Wow. So, I mean, with connection, we're, we're a neighboring cool. state. You were born in Ohio. I was born in Ohio. Mm-hmm. I mean, is is Ohio, is it Cleveland Cavaliers now the team to get behind here locally? We're in Kentucky. I mean, is that the team? I don't know. I mean. Feels weird. It does feel weird because they're so far away, I guess. I, I guess that, I mean, Cleveland's, what, six hours away from here? I feel like if teams here were going to be, or people here were going to be attracted to a team, I would assume it would be the Pacers, like you. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. I think that Cleveland's a valid option. It's like the next closest team to us, I guess. Yeah. It, well, I it, guess maybe actually Memphis maybe closer than Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland's pretty far away. But yeah. the state of Ohio is not far. Yeah, that's true. Um, but you're, I don't know. How far away is Memphis? Yeah, Cleveland's. Memphis, I think, is five hours. Maybe. I'll check that five out. Um, but it, it's an interesting situation. They kept Anderson Verzal. LeBron's just walked back into a good situation. Supposedly, overnight, the Cleveland Cavaliers went from being worth $500 million to a billion dollars. Mm. I mean... Remember, remember when Dan Gilbert wrote that letter and just completely ripped LeBron James? I think this says a lot about the, LeBron and his maturity, his ability to forgive. I mean, if you're an adult, you're going to go through some rough times with people. I don't know, have any good close friends that I've had for many, many years that we haven't had some type of a hurdle, and I, I'm sure you mm, I agree. W- would agree. And I think the fact that LeBron was able to get, you know, put his ego aside and say, this is what's best for me, best for the community I'm from, is is very respectable. Yeah, I mean, I think that has to be hard to go back into a place when you're not even totally sure how you'll be received. I don't think I've ever seen an entire state rally together in unison to hate someone so much that that Cleveland and the state of Ohio did with LeBron. So I think I really think that it's huge of him to go back in that situation, not even really being totally sure how he'll how he will be received. Yeah, I agree with you. Because I'm I, sure as much as there are as many people are buying the forgiven shirts and saying, Woohoo, LeBron's coming back, there's probably just as many that are saying he's gonna have to earn my respect back or earn the fact that we trust that he's not gonna leave again and all of those things too. So it's going to be a very interesting situation to watch unfold. No question about it. I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. If you have any comments about the NBA free agency that's gathering so much attention, it's the offseason. Russ Smith had a big game in the in the summer league for uh, the NBDL. He, you know, he was going to the New Orleans Pelicans. So once again, 384-1450 is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. We're going to head to the buzz line now. Where we got our man Brian the Insider on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brian? Good morning. How's everybody doing there? Morning. Doing great, morning, Ashley, Kelly. Boy, I tell you, a lot of interesting stuff going on in the NBA. It, uh, um, you know, just as predicted, once LeBron made his decision, the dominoes have really started to fall across the league. Um, it's just very fascinating to see what's going to happen and see if, uh, you know, the East. Is as everybody knows, has been far inferior to the West and uh, probably will remain so after all this is done. But uh, it looks to be getting a little little tougher. Uh, being a Pacers fan, of course, we're waiting to see what happens with uh, Stevenson. 
Uh, he's still a, he's probably one of the bigger free agents out there that has not signed yet. So um, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. No question about it, Brian. Now, I know that you're a big NBA fan. You're, you're a little bit older than I am, and you have a different perspective. I can ask you questions about the Calvin Harrison question from years ago, um, different types of players. Um, you followed the league for a long time. How significant is this offseason with LeBron James signing in Cleveland, uh, Paul Gasol's going to the Bulls? Am I being a slave to the moment and just really uh, falling into ESPN's trap of thinking this is the biggest offseason I can remember, or is this really that significant? I, I think it's huge because of LeBron. I mean, Lebr- the the uh, all the attention that LeBron has. You know, it's tough to go back four years, and I guess that was a huge deal. But this sure seems like a major decision. It feels good uh, to a lot of people, uh, except if you're a Heat fan. But but as my my contention has always been, and I've got family down in South Florida that are Heat fans, that are truly Heat fans. I, I've always I, I couldn't. I couldn't be happier for their franchise to go back to 15 and 67 like it did the year before LeBron got there. Uh, and uh, I, I just think the NBA is a young man's game. You know, take take Paul Pierce signing with the Wizards. Uh, Paul Pierce is washed up. I mean, not washed up, but he can't go yeah. the minutes. I mean, you, you get in your 30s, uh, the NBA, basketball is a tough sport, and you've been playing for so many years. I just think a lot of money is spent. I don't know what how much Gasol's got left in him, but when you can get a guy like Gorky Dang or any of these guys coming out of Kentucky, uh, you know, th- that are young and twenty, uh, I just think too much money is spent uh, on these aging veterans, and I don't think it's going to have near the impact that a lot of people hope. I mean, look what the Nets did last year by bringing in you know Garnett and Pierce, uh, and, and then Jason Kidd as the coach. Uh, boy, only only Garnett's around for this year, second year of his. He's getting twelve million bucks, and and his minutes are going to be reduced. So I think it's a young man's game, and uh, I just think a lot of these moves that are being made. If I were Pat Riley, I would rebuild now. I don't, you know, the the most amazing thing I've got out of this whole deal is that Bosch gets a five year. $118 million contract. I mean, almost what Melo's getting, which is almost $24 million a year guaranteed for five years. I just don't see Bosch worth that. Do you guys? I don't at all. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I'm always probably one of the biggest Chris Bosch haters on the planet, but I definitely don't think that he's worth that much money. No. I don't think he, he his um, production is not as consistent as it needs to be for him to bringing that kind of cash oh that kind of cash is outrageous and 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 i think it's just gonna hamper the heat from you know doing the inevitable which is reloading i mean they just have gotten so used to winning down there that they can't fathom the idea of trying to build it the right way through the draft which teams like like the pacers have done and 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 like philadelphia is doing you know i i think lebron could have went any number of places uh, Cleveland included, that would have been a, given him a much better shot of winning a title next year. That's how much, that's how depleted I thought the Heat roster was, and it's just going to be one year older. So what have they done? They've signed Boss to this outrageous thing that's going to hamper him for five years. They're trying to get Wade at a big price, and and I love Dwayne Wade. I think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but I don't think you know he's some. I think he's tired, and I think he's way past his prime. And they bring back uh, Haslam. Who who's you know I mean I just think that the Heat 
are in for a real tough spell here, and and I would not be surprised to see him back at that 15 and 67 mark, and Pat Riley get run out of town and uh, sent back to Los Angeles with his head between his tail because uh, they're making some bonehead moves, in my opinion. I would rebuild and try to get young talent in there. Uh, hey, I want to comment a little bit. I've, I've been reading this morning. It doesn't look like there's any shot that the Cavs are going to give up Wiggins. Uh, what do you guys think of that? They saying no way we're giving up Wiggins to get love. Well, I mean that that goes right to your point, Brian, when you said the NBA and sports in general is a young man's game. Um, Kevin Love is by no means washed up or anything along those lines, but to organically grow a franchise the way that you, I guess, as you said it, really you should do it. Sticking with Wiggins would be the way to do it. And he's got youth, he's got athleticism, and, I mean, he may not be as flashy as Kevin Love, but in my eyes, Brian, it comes down to, are you willing to part with Wiggins? If you are, great, then maybe you're in the running to get Kevin Love. If you're not willing to part with Wiggins, you're not getting Kevin Love. Exactly. And, and and it appears that they are not willing to part with Wiggins. Hey, I tell you one story that really hasn't ga- gained much attention, especially in the Kentucky area like it should, was how big a, a decision, a, a wrong guess, I'll call it, did Cal make, Coach Cal make, by turning down an $80 million contract when he publicly said he would love to coach LeBron. He took the wrong side of that deal. Now, there's some speculation I'm reading now that if this new Euro coach that the Cavs have hired doesn't get the job down done, uh, or, or even if he does get the job done, he's holding the position for one year till Cal comes in next year. What's what's your guys' thoughts on that? Wow, that's a that's that's um the type of thing that if you touch, I mean, we better open up our phone lines. 502-384-1450. Is Cal gonna bounce from Kentucky to go coach the Cavaliers if he gets the chance? You know what? Uh, Eighty million dollars, Ashley. I, I mean, would, that's a lot of money. I don't put anything past anybody in this day and age. So and honestly, with the ups and downs of Coach Cal last year and his mannerisms and behavior, like he really acted like a coach that didn't really want to be there up until the end. Um, so I can see it happening. Who knows? Yeah, it and depends who, on who how this season goes. I mean, if they have this much expectations for this year, which let's be honest, there's been a lot of expectations during the Cal era at Kentucky. I think this none of them none of them are year. higher than what they have this year. They have youth, they have experience, they have those great classes. They have Willie Cauley Stein, Dakari Johnson, Poitras. They have all this experience coming back. And if they don't win the title, there might be like some horrible vandalism happening in his front yard. It's not going to be pretty for Cal. Yeah, I was going to say I've already heard Kentucky fans talk about them winning a national championship. So well, the, yeah, I yeah. Well, they've he, got it. They've got three seven footers. I mean, they are absolutely loaded. And the only reason we're not hearing more about it was all the bat, you know, false expectation that was laid out last year, uh, forty, you know, and all that stuff. So, uh, but man, oh man, they are absolutely loaded. And and there could be an argument made for Cal winning the title and saying, hey, Austin Lavisa, it's been great, but I've got to go chase my. I mean, he is publicly on the record as saying he would love to coach. Uh, LeBron and uh, I think he made a miscount I mean just like everyone else and that's the other thing that you know if you go back and look at these sportscasters in the last month they're all saying boy that's great for LeBron none of them 
I'd say 95% of them gave no shot to LeBron going back to the Cavs. And now everyone's like, oh, that's the greatest move. That He's following his heart. And Cal obviously did not think LeBron was going back to the Cavs. Or I think he would have taken the $80 million and LeBron. And who could blame him? Yeah. I mean, he deserved it. I mean, you know, and, and obviously LeBron has an interest in being coached by Cal. So uh, I think that's a real interesting story that will develop. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, they hired an obscure guy with no NBA experience. Uh, so no one even has ever heard of this coach outside of uh, uh, America. So it's very interesting to see how that story plays out. We well, are. Brian, um, I'm sorry. Oh, go go, please. Go, go oh, Brian, ahead. what do you think about the reception um, that LeBron will receive once? He actually is, which I'm assuming he's probably heading that way now or has already landed in Cleveland. Um, what do you think the reception will be by those fans that burned his jersey and just hated him yeah. so much for the past, what, four years? Yeah, well, actually, LeBron is in Brazil for the World Cup final tonight. Oh. He made that announcement, flew out there. But I, there are going to be some jackasses that don't that don't like it. But my God, if you've been following the stories in Cleveland, the place is going bonkers. I mean, they're they're he's going to be warmly received. You know, he made some mistakes. That, I mean, none bigger than Dan Gilbert made in keeping that letter on their website for four years. So there's going to be some people that don't like it. But overwhelmingly, uh, they have just been going bonkers since it was announced their season i saw where yesterday their season tickets uh have have sold out now they've only sold twelve thousand of them because what they're wanting to do is keep uh, some prime games uh or twelve thousand seats because they want to keep a lot of them open so they can sell them game by game because they feel they'll get a lot better per game uh dollar amount on them but man that place is going to be a tough ticket to get uh, and i think they're going to warmly embrace you know lebron i mean you, you can't blame LeBron for going to the heat you can certainly blame him for the way he handled it on the ESPN and everything but uh, he went and chased his dream got a couple titles and he said now that he's not looking uh, what he really wants to do is bring in a championship to Cleveland which is just so starved for a championship in any sport no question about it. We are the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside the lovely Ashley Miller coming at you every Sunday from 10 till noon. Joined on the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz line by our man Brian the Insider. Brian pointed out very clearly his feelings that the NBA is a young man's game and that LeBron's making a good move because he's going to be around Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins instead of guys like Dwayne Wade in Miami. I'm the master of segues here, and I'm going to segue into... The U.S. national team head coach, Jurgen Klingsman, who has said the exact same thing. And he's came out and even been critical of Kobe Bryant um, in the way that in American sports we pay our aging superstars so much instead of paying the younger guys with the legs. Jurgen Klingsman cut Landon Donovan, caught a lot of flack for it, and then went on and had a pretty successful run getting out of the, the horrible um, hand that they were dealt and advancing in the World Cup. Today, we have the matchup of the World Cup final, and being that Brian is the worldly sports fan that he really is, I mean, Brian, I mean, hell, I wouldn't be surprised if you gave us an update today on not only the World Cup, but also Tour de France. What do you have for us, <laughs> Mr. Wor worldly Sports Fan, this morning? Hey, you read my mind. I've been watching the tour this morning. They're in stage nine, very grueling mountain stage, uh, an Italian guys winning it's kind of tough I, I gotta admit it's tough to keep up I, there's 21 stages it is fun to watch 
uh, it's kind of like NASCAR where a lot of people are pulling for a wreck, uh, but it's a little more gruesome. I mean, some of those wrecks. <laughs> whoa, 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 back up, back, back up there. <laughs> have you seen a, have you seen a, a bicycle, some of these Tour de France wrecks? I mean, they're unbelievable action. I mean, uh, but, you know, it's they're gruesome because there's a lot of injuries involved. But, I mean, they're coming down these mountains going, you know, I don't know, 50, 60 miles an hour, and, and there's some gamesmanship going on, and there is inevitably some very, very graphic wrecks. But uh, And that's what you're pulling for. I can't. I was just kind of trying to be funny, but I don't. I hate to see anybody get hurt because, boy, it is very dangerous. But it, it does. It does cause. It does play a big role in the outcome of these things. Uh, but it is fun to watch. I, I love watching it. I, I got to tell you, going back to the World Cup, I've been very impressed with Germany, and uh, I should have bet them against uh, when they played Brazil because they were a big underdog against Brazil and just obviously crushed them. I loved seeing what happened yesterday with Brazil. They got not only pounded by the Netherlands, but unbelievably booed both at halftime and at the end of the game, the guys from Brazil, I mean, they just put their head down and walked away in shame. I mean, it's a feast or famine there for those Brazilian fans. They uh, they loved them early and then just completely turned on them uh, in in the third place game yesterday. But uh, I see Brazil too dominant. Th- those guys are just bigger than the other soccer pl- or football players. That y- if you watch and the size, you, you mean Ar- Argentina? I'm sorry to interrupt, Brian. You mean Argentina is too dominant? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. I, I think I think Germany is going to handle Argentina fine today. Okay, uh, they're too I, big. I think they're too big, and they they look like they're bigger than physically bigger than any other team. When I watched them play Brazil, uh, they they just they just physically could not get inside. Uh, and they got a great goalkeeper. Boy, I tell you what, that guy is unbelievable. So I look for a convincing Germany win today in the World Cup. But boy, it's been a lot of fun, and I can't wait. Uh, interesting enough, you know, the uh, Louisville new soccer team is uh, already starting to say, "Hey, if we can have some success, maybe we can get an MLS team here," which would be Louisville's first and probably their best shot at a professional sports team if they can have. Two or three years of good success and good turnout, which would not surprise me at all. Louisville fans, uh, the city of Louisville, the state of Kentucky, I think needs a professional team. And who would have guessed that that may be the best shot that the state has to get a professional team in soccer? Wow, that's a what an interesting topic there. Yeah, that is pretty interesting. Yeah, well, so it'll be I interesting noticed, to see. I noticed, um, I guess, a couple of, maybe it was last week, um, that they were saying that the viewer... The viewers in the United States since the USA team had lost was still over 10 million, which they said was really huge. Wow. Um, and one of those things that would be um, considered in terms of bringing the World Cup to the United States the next time around. Boy, would that be something. I tell you, well, you're right. I mean, and, and you know, I can't tell you I know all the rules uh, because I don't. I'm still confused on a few things, but it is very exciting. You know, we us Americans, we love more scoring, <laughs> and, and some of these games are pathetically no scoring. Uh, I watched a game, I think it was a semifinal game, went 120 minutes without a 0-0. But, uh, but, but I tell you, the viewership, you're right, Ashley, the numbers are unbelievable. And when, when the U.S. was playing, it rivaled. It beat everything except NFL games. Mm. So I, I think it'll be interesting. But I, I would not be surprised to see the city of Louisville and the state of Kentucky come out and really support this new soccer team being played at Slugger Field. And if that happens, uh, there there is some speculation that they the ML, MLS 
uh, which uh, Columbus has got a team. I think Nashville's got a team uh, that they they could very. They're looking for expansion, and Louisville could. You know, that's putting a cart before the horse, but could very well get a shot at doing some expansion there and getting a professional team in Louisville. I think the timing is perfect for the new mm-hmm. team in Louisville. I think um, coming right off the year of a World Cup to having a, a team that the city could kind of rally behind, I think that's perfect timing. I agree. I agree. It's a lot of momentum. Brian, I had a question for you. I was reading something uh, last week where um, with the Tour de France, some of the cyclists were complaining about um, other cyclists taking selfies during the race. (laughs) And they said that that, some of that, um, that they were afraid, and they said that that was um, a safety hazard. Of course, you're just talking about the grueling accidents and those types of things. Um, Have you heard anything about that? No, I haven't. That's interesting. You know, I think it's it's great that the, the emphasis with the one thing we have not mentioned with the tour, which dominated the sport, for years was the doping violations. I mean, no, no sport. And with everything that's happened, we haven't talked about Lance or anything, but uh, my goodness, I, I don't know what it is, but that sport has just been plagued by doping violations. And I guess really to do it at the high level, you've really got to almost dope. But uh, I have not heard anything about that. And uh, the selfie, boy, that sure is a, going in a different direction. But uh, that's funny. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, it's an interesting sport because you got teammates teammates and stuff so if i'm in the back uh and not having a shot to win i guess i might take a selfie yeah i mean maybe you want to take a picture with the mountains behind you or, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> yeah there are some beautiful views i that's what i like watching on tv with it, 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 would do it. it oh yeah <laughs> I, I would certainly do it <laughs> brian we, we appreciate you joining us this morning for our weekly um, knowledge. I guess there's no real significant horse racing news right now, so we got to go to the other worldly sports from Brian, the insider, this morning. Thank you very much, Brian. Uh, I hope you enjoy watching the rest of the uh, Tour de France and also uh, the World Cup today at 3 o'clock. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thanks for having me on, guys. I love listening to the show. I'm going to turn it off now and listen, so thank you very much. Great stuff there, Ashley. A, a lot of uh, very interesting topics um, you know, the, the, the whole notion that maybe Louisville will end up being a home of an MLS franchise, I think, is very, to That's me, exciting. very interesting. Maybe a rising Hispanic population within the city. I've, I I think that's happening. Is that right? What? I'm making this up. Kelly, I'm that make, was so you, not okay. <laughs> what? Is that not okay? What are you talking about? Is there a, <laughs> Is there an increasing Hispanic population in Louisville? Yeah, but what does that have to do with this? They like soccer a lot more than we do. Right, Ashley? They do. We're going to head to a break. Ashley and I will be. fired. (laughs) Ashley and I will be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.
Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. That is a Beyonce song, isn't it? It is. I was getting worried for a second because I was like, oh no, there's a car sword right there. <laughs> no, I, I, I always get the clean version. Good job. I'm on top of that. Great first segment there. It wrapped up with us talking to our man Brian the Insider about uh, not horse racing this week, but mostly, I guess, Tour de France and soccer. <laughs> soccer, yes. So an interesting first segment there. Obviously, NBA free agency is stealing the headlines for the most part today. What about Russ Smith scoring 20 points in the Summer League? Yeah, I heard actually heard about that yesterday from a UK fan, surprisingly. Um, but... I didn't actually get to see the game because, like I said... The, yeah, I actually, um, I actually didn't see it You either. didn't see it either? No. Yeah, I was going to say Miss Kentucky had prelims on Thursday night and Friday night and then Saturday night were finals. So I didn't get to watch much TV at all this weekend. Well, uh, I, I'll say what it reminds me of is back when Russ Smith had his coming out party at the Bahamas. Mm. What was that, three, four years ago? Yeah, and it was his sophomore year, and I, th- I think he led the team in scoring. Mm-hmm. And many people wrote it off as, "Oh, that's just you know they're playing inferior competition, and it won't it won't stick." Russ right. isn't really that kind of score. He's not really going to score twenty two points a game. Mm-hmm. It's crazy stuff like that. Um, but as it turned out, Russ did. So is Russ going to be one of those guys who who fell to the second round, but? Shows up big time. New Orleans actually only had one draft pick this year, and they got Russ Smith. Do you think Russ will have a a long NBA career and maybe have games where he puts up 15, 20, 25 points a game? I think it's definitely possible. I mean, he's definitely quick enough and crafty enough of the basketball to to be productive in the NBA. Um, My concern was always for him with him being so small, um, how he would actually translate. But I think that he'll be okay. I think, honestly, all he needed was someone to give him a shot. Yeah, no question about it. And I think New Orleans, I don't know how good Anthony Davis is. I'm a, a Louisville guy more than a Kentucky guy. But if you're trying to pick and going with Brian's point and his sentiments from the the previous segment, that younger youth is, is the direction of the league, if you're trying to project over the next five years what team you'd want to be on, I don't know that there's anybody who's more of a complete center um, as far as future value than Anthony Davis. And that's the situation you want to be in. Tony Parker was actually taken in the second round 10 years ago or whenever it was. um, And he was paired with a good big man in Tim Duncan. Will we see a similar? I may be getting carried away. I'm obviously a Cards fan. Mm -hmm. But Anthony Davis may be that type of player. So the New Orleans Pelicans may be the team you want to be on for the long run. And Russ seems to certainly, I mean, he's not shy about shooting the ball and scoring. So I could see him getting a, a niche there and, and sticking around and, and maybe being a, a little Vinny, the microwave Johnson, off the bench. Mm-hmm. I want to thank our man Brandon J. Lawrence for allowing us to be on the air each week. Brandon is the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Call 502-587-0041 to reach Brandon. You got any questions about personal injury, any any incident that's came up, a car accident, anything, give him a call there, 502-587-0041. Are you going to watch the World Cup today? You know what? I think I am. Okay. I, I, I know that I am. I'm actually uh, going to go over to a buddy's house 
and and tune in. Germany versus Argentina. Argentina. Right. Who are you cheering for? I'm going for Argentina. I like the star power of Leo Messi. Um, he's the one guy going into it that I was told by my friends who are big soccer fans. He had over overtook uh, Ronaldo as the number one player in the world, and he has not disappointed through this World Cup run. So I'm going for Argentina. Our man Brian the Insider said that that uh, that Germany is just bigger and stronger, and they, they do. They, they have a big team, and they have a real good goalie, but they don't really have the star power of Leo Messi. What I like is to compare it to American sports, and I'm just being honest, mm-hmm. I like to see a star. And I think that's what sells is, is big-time stars. And Leo Messi, in my opinion, is that big star. So I'll be going for Argentina. So refresh my – am I making this up? Did Germany beat USA, right? Yes. Okay, so I think because of that reason, I might cheer for Germany. Because then okay, yeah. I'll say we lost to the champ. That makes sense. That makes you feel better, right? You lost to the champs. It does. You're right. And, and actually, despite losing – had a good showing against the champs. Mm-hmm. I mean, Germany just beat the hell out of their last opponent. So, I mean, the U.S., you're right. As far, from that perspective, it would be best for probably Germany to win today. Um, I, I don't know. It's an interesting thing to sit down um, and watch it, especially with if I sit down and watch a, a soccer match with one of my buddies who is similar to me as far as my knowledge of soccer goes. It's pretty interesting. We're saying things constantly like this, like, um, why did they get extra, you know, I thought the game was over. I mean, right, just it's really time. like a learning process. And, and, and today I'll have the opportunity to watch it with multiple people who do know the sport. And I'm really actually looking forward to it. I don't know that I'll remember this stuff four years from now. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure I'll remember. You'll remember this, some of it. Yeah, this is definitely the most I've ever watched soccer on television in my life. It's probably the most soccer has ever been on television. Probably. The U.S. and their success certainly had to help television ratings in the United States not to be, what's the word, ethnocentric. But it does matter when you have the U.S. so engaged in a sporting event. Oh, absolutely. The ratings are, are really blowing up um, across across the world and specifically within the United States this year because they advanced out of the, the um, death the death. Um, what well, group, whatever, the death group, whatever it was called, the horrible group uh, that the U.S. got in yeah. the first round. Um, so The group of death, is that what that is? The, the death gauntlet or uh, just something, something horrible like is what it sounded like. So we'll get to see, will the MLS end up coming to Louisville? I think it'd be neat. I think it would be fun, actually. Get to go to a, an MLS game here and there. Would you now, go? Are you, I, I certainly think I would. Are I you getting season tickets for the for the team coming in next spring? No, I'm not. Are I'm you? I'm putting you on the spot. Are you? No. No. Okay. <laughs> I'll probably go. Um, well, I guess you know what. This time next year, I'll have a whole lot more free time. I won't be on the campaign trail, so I probably could enjoy some of those types of things. Got a text on the Lotus Gunworks text line four one four fourteen fifty. Uh, from our earlier conversation saying Cleveland is 303 miles away. Columbus is 181 miles away. Okay, that doesn't – let me see. Well, we're looking is Memphis. How many miles yeah, is Memphis, Memphis? Memphis. So back to the NBA topic of LeBron going to – back to Cleveland Cavaliers. And is that the team that we're all going to adopt? Are we going to look forward to it? They've got the young legs. They've got a workhorse center in Anderson Verzal, which I think is a great compliment. If we look at the roster when LeBron left four years ago – I said it. They had an aging Anton Jamison. They had 
Adrina Sogaskis. They had Maurice Williams. Um, I'm trying to remember who else did they have. I can bring it up here, but it's a it's a different situation when you've got Kyrie Irving out there who has proved to be. Let me bring up Kyrie Irving's credentials since he's made it in the NBA. Are you a Kyrie Irving fan? I'm not. I mean, not that it means I don't like him, but why are you not? I'm a, I'm I'm a loyal to my one player. Okay, <laughs> and that's who I'm a fan of until they retire. After when LeBron gets close to retirement. I'll start paying attention to other people. Okay. And then I'll pick someone else. But he's, he's, a, he's thrown me for a loop, so now I'm going to have to like relearn the Cavaliers team and who's there and all of that. He's killing me right now. He's a two-time NBA All-Star, 2013 and 14. Yeah. Let's see his stats here. Last year, he averaged, man, I mean, he is really good. 71 games he played, 71 games he started. He averaged 20.8 points per game, 6.1 assists. Shot 86.1% from the line, 43% from the field. I mean, Kyrie Irving is an elite an elite point guard in this league, and unlike Dwayne Wade, his best years have to be ahead of him. He's only 22 years old. So if I'm LeBron James, who is, I believe, 28 years old, it's just a good move. You want to look at yourself five, ten years from now and say, what's the best move for me to do uh, then? It's a good move from a PR perspective. It's a good move, in my opinion, for winning titles. Yeah, and then I think you also have to think about um, him setting himself up for a future. Um, Where does he want to settle? Does he want to settle in South Beach? Does he want to settle back home closer to family? You think that's, yeah. I think, you know, I think that has to play a role because you think if you live the end of your career in, say, South Beach. He probably has a home there. and I'm sure he'll keep a home there. Right, maybe, maybe. So, But if he really knows in his heart that he wants to go back to Ohio at some point to really settle down, maybe that's where he wants to raise his children. Maybe he wants his kids to go up through the school systems that he went to or something like that. Then I think you have to look at real life happens after the NBA is over. Where do I want to be? Where do I want my family? You know, he's newly married. Like, all of those things, like, I think all those things have to come into account, and it's bigger than basketball. What's great about this move from a public relations standpoint, in my eyes, is that the majority of Miami Heat fans, and I'll say the majority, I'm projecting or predicting, are still appreciative, and they should be to LeBron James for going there. Yeah. Hell, he went there for four years, and they went to the finals every year. Right. What do you expect him to win the finals every year that he's there and then bounce? No. He won two rings. I mean, look at how beloved Isaiah Thomas is for the Detroit Pistons. Right. He had a great run there. He won two titles. Back-to-back titles where the Heat did that. They lost the first year they were there, then they won two in a row, and then they lost in the finals. So, I mean, the legacy that LeBron has created in Miami is is huge. Right. You're right. I I think that I think he'll be welcome in Miami, welcome to come back there and enjoy himself, um, even if he did want to live in South Beach, but I think it seems like um this decision wasn't very drawn out. It wasn't definitely not like the first whole decision fiasco. That maybe he already knew what he wanted to do and was just kind of waiting for the deal to happen. But it'll definitely be an interesting saga to watch unfold. No question about it. I want to encourage our listeners to give us a call on the Oxmoor Four Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. If you have any comments about the Tour de France or the 
World Cup, which the finals are being played today at 3 o'clock p.m., or NBA free agency, please give us a call. Once again, 502-384-1450 is the Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line. We're going to head to the buzz line now where we have our man, Carolina Steve, on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Carolina? Hey. How's everything in the world of Carolina, Steve? Hey, this is. Are, are you there? No, this ain't Carolina Steve. This is Keith. Oh, I'm sorry, Keith. I assumed it was Carolina Steve. How you doing this morning, Keith? What do you have for us? Well, I've been listening to you all talk about this LeBron James issue, and what I what I think is this: if you watched LeBron at the end of his season in Cleveland. When they were losing, LeBron basically gave up. He did the same thing in the last game for Miami. So my question is, if it doesn't work out for him in Cleveland, is he going to quit again? That's a good question. Great question. That's my question. Great question. He has the reputation. He's making no bones about it. He wants to chase championships. Is he going to do it again? Is he going to right. jump again? He only signed it. What, what, what a lot of people aren't realizing is he only signed a two-year contract with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Correct. So what we're, we'll just have to wait and see if he has his way or not, if he's going to quit or not. That's my comment. Fair enough. Thank you very much for the call, Keith. You know, I mean, the, the, the Cavaliers, right. have a great rest of your weekend, Keith. Thank you. You know, the Cavaliers have to look at this in a, as a situation where they have all, the, all, the, all their chips are going toward them winning it maybe this year or within the next couple of years. Keith brings up a great point. They don't seem to have that long of a leash, in my eyes, for failure. I think that's true. Because, I mean, I think um, the whole reason he left in the first place was because he wanted an opportunity to win a championship. So, um and maybe that was the gist. Maybe maybe the organization, the Cavalier organization as a whole, thought, you know what, LeBron left because we couldn't build around him a team that was strong enough and talented enough to be a threat for an NBA championship. So wonder if we kind of build our team up, we get these good draft picks, we could lure him back um, and try to get him to – Come back to Cleveland and, like their little T-shirts say, restore the kingdom. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's really going to be interesting to watch unfold and what happens after season one when they don't win. Because, I mean, you also think about any team sport, you're thinking about chemistry. So, all of you've got your new players coming in, you've got LeBron James coming in, their chemistry is, they're going to have to start all over. Yeah, and LeBron made it very clear. The way he handled this situation was a polar opposite of how he handled the last situation. Remember when they, they had that that um, meeting or whatever it was where LeBron was dancing around and started saying, how many rings are we going to get? One, two, three, oh, the big, uh, five, six, seven. Had, and he just yeah. started like, jo- he was joking. Obviously, his tenure in Miami was successful. He won two rings. That's nothing to sneeze at. But he has this... This thing going where he's trying to win rings. And he's not worried about the fact that we live in the age of social media and that people rip him apart at every level. They call it trolling, Kelly. Trolling. And it it happens. And, 
And maybe he does care about it a little bit, but I mean, guys have been ch- chasing rings for years. Shaq did it. I'd say Kareem Abdul. Why didn't Kareem Abdul Jabbar stay in Milwaukee? Yeah, I mean, what was he doing? Why didn't I he get ripped apart like LeBron is? He well, wanted to go somewhere to where he wanted him. to be successful. People love to hate him because he's so good. But if you think about um, some conversations that we've had on shows past, a lot of times people determine the greatness of a player by how many championships they win. Exactly. Even though I don't often, I don't agree with that, and I don't think that determines how good a player is and how strong their legacy will be um, after they stop playing. But a lot of times people determine how good someone is, how impactful their game is, or how impactful they are in the league based upon how many championship rings they have. Because I think for years that people always were like, Kobe or LeBron, Kobe or LeBron. Well, Kobe has this many rings. How many rings does LeBron have? But I think um, LeBron James is by far the superior all-around basketball player. This last season, Keith brought up a good point. He said that at the end of the year, he basically, LeBron quit. Mm-hmm. Keith said... He basically quit on the team. Do you agree with that, Ashley? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those, like, you could see the fact that he was tired. And it's, I think it is hard. Um, oh, I'm sure it's hard. Me sitting here in my chair is very easy to criticize <laughs> uh, what LeBron's going through and having to see that it, he doesn't have any post presence and that Dwayne Wade's clearly washed up and that somehow he's supposed to beat this San Antonio Spurs team, which is just playing beautiful basketball. There's a lot of weight on LeBron's shoulders. So, yeah, but at the end of the day, yeah, he did. He he quit. Mm-hmm. Will, will he do it again? I think he's going for the, the other end of the spectrum from having an experienced team, Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, to just youth and Kyrie Irving and Andrew Wiggins and energy. Yeah, and I think, but the part, the the issue when you exchange, you exchange youth for experience and how much will that play a role in the the season, the outcome of their first season. Like, yeah, they're young, they have fresh legs, um, probably have energy, there'll probably be a lot of excitement around them being able to play with LeBron. Um, But in terms of game experience that you have with veteran players, what does that look like? Yeah, like I think somebody like Ray Allen would be huge in terms of mentoring some of the younger guys. But what does that look like in season one, you know? Yeah, Uh, and, you know, I I think one – Valuable piece of the puzzle that we mentioned earlier is Anderson Verzhal, the Brazilian, the guy who LeBron is in Brazil with today, watching the World Cup. He's had a good career. He's six foot eleven, two hundred seventy pounds. Let's see his numbers since LeBron left. All right, two thousand ten and eleven, nine points a game, nine point seven rebounds a game. The next year, ten point eight points a game, eleven point five rebounds per game. 2012-2013, Anderson Verichau, 14 points a game, 14.4 rebounds a game. That's what a big man's supposed to be. That's a legit big man, and that may be an undervalued piece to this puzzle. He's 30, hey, 31, year, 31 years old. I mean, how valuable is that? That's huge. Look up Chris Bosch's number. His rebounding numbers. Yes. That's what you're looking That's for. That's what I want to know. He is not a Anderson Verichau level center. He's 6'11", 235, so right there. I said Anderson Verzhau is 6'11", 270. LeBron is a, a, a small forward trapped in a, I guess, power forward's body. Yes. Let's see what his, his rebounding numbers have been. Since LeBron went to Miami, eight, 8.3 the first year, 7.9 the next, 6.8 the next. This past year, 6.6 rebounds per game. And he's how tall? 6'11". Problem. He's not a post. He's not a primarily a post guy. That's he not is. his... 
He should be. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. want to be. Yeah, he doesn't want to be. He's rejecting that. I feel like he thinks he's a two guard. Yeah, he does. He's good, though. I mean, hell, look, 2009-2010, before he went to Miami, he averaged 24 points a game, 10.8 rebounds a game. While playing for the B-League Raptors, nonetheless. Well, I mean, who cares if you score? I mean, yeah. your, team, your team sucks. Speaking you of be the star. Yeah. Speaking of, of being on the te- teams that suck, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony's apparently okay with that, and I guess Phil Jackson is too. Cause Carmelo, yeah, he wants to be the star. He wants to be the star. He wants to average a lot of points. And he doesn't mind too much if, if, if he, he wins a ring or not. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Lines 502-384-1450. We're going to head to a break. We're going to go out to the same Beyonce song. No curse words. Don't worry, Ashley. Okay, no worries. You like this song? I love the song. All right. Stay tuned for more Weekend Sports Buzz. You should aim to be successful, but not too successful. Otherwise, you will threaten the man. Because I am female, I'm expected to aspire to marriage. I'm expected to make my life choices, always keeping in mind that marriage is the most important. Now, marriage can be a source of joy and love and mutual support. But why do we teach girls to aspire to marriage and we don't teach boys the same? We raise girls to see each other as competitors, not for jobs or for accomplishments, which I... Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz. I'm Kelly Patrick, alongside the lovely Ashley Miller. want to remind our listeners, Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. Had a great call last segment from our man Keith. want to thank Keith for calling in. It's 11 o'clock, and everybody knows what that means. <laughs> Ashley's Loco Cinco, also called Ashley's Crazy. You didn't do it right, Kelly. I'm sorry. It goes by Ashley's Locosinco. In certain circles, it's called Ashley's Crazy. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot of crazy going on this week, which probably, fortunately for the world, unfortunately for the segment. But um, my man Hank will be happy to know that there's actually only three stories on the list today. <laughs> <laughs> That'll always stick with you. Hink just called in and just, he hates Ashley's Loco Cinco. I think he just hates me, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> I mean, did you see that entire, like, Twitter beef we had going on? I did not. Oh, my gosh, it was so funny. Was it after he called in Yeah, well, months ago? Yeah, it was after he called in, but then there was a big challenge between he and Rashawn Myers. Um, About what? Playing basketball, and Rashawn was like, he would put me on his team, and uh, Hank had to, you know... 
make some noise about that. And then he had to go back to how much Louisville sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was very, very, very interesting. Uh, I feel like that went on for like five hours. Really? <laughs> like to the point where I stopped reading the tweets and just waited till the morning when they were done. <laughs> I haven't, I, we haven't heard from Hink in quite some time. Hink, if you're out there. I know through Facebook, him, I, him and his son have been doing some cool stuff as far as going up to um, some museums, I think, in Chicago. He's a big Bears fan. So, Hink, if you're out there, we'd love to hear from you. Mm. Mm. Well, let's quit beating around the bush here. Let's, let's get back it. to the, the issue at hand, which is Ashley's crazy. <laughs> Ian Thorpe is one of the most popular Australian Sportsman and probably the most one of the most decorated swimmers ever. Have you heard his name before, Kelly? Uh, being honest, no. Okay. Well, apparently he is now arguably among the most influent, most influential openly gay athletes in the, in oh, the world. Okay. So apparently, according to the Daily Telegraph, the nine-time Olympic medalist officially announced that he's gay in an Australian television interview with Sir Michael Parkinson of Channel Ten. Um, apparently, that's airing today. Um, Thorpe says he's dated women in the past and denied being gay in his 2012 autobiography called This Is Me. Um, In the autobiography, Thorpe said that he had struggled with alcohol abuse and depression. Earlier this year, Thorpe was admitted to a rehab clinic to receive treatment for depression. While Parkinson doesn't believe that Thorpe owes an explanation to anyone, um, he lauded in an interview basically saying, I think his sexuality is no one's business but his own, but I think it's one of the best interviews I've ever done. Um... So it's interesting that he just put a book out two years ago. Interesting. Denying it. Denying it. Yeah, that's got to be tough. You know, I I, I um, haven't had to go through anything like that. So I'd imagine that that's a, a tough situation, uh, especially we don't know. His parents may be anti-gay or whatever it is or sure. his family. And, and I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. So I, I'm, I'm sure that's a tough decision. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that he's 31 years old and someone was saying that how how hard and how devastating must it be to like hide who you are for 31 years yeah so that's interesting it's very interesting um i've, I've got, be interesting I've got his, his web his page up here he's six five 230 pounds it's a big, guy. big guy wow a swimmer awesome wow that's that's pretty so it'll big. Be really interesting to see um kind of what the aftermath of that is if that airs today because it said it was airing sunday which is today um how Australia, Australia and his fellow swimmers respond to that. It'll be interesting to see. You know what's interesting is Kyrie Irving's actually Australian. Really? Yep. Did you make that up? <laughs> no, I didn't. We've been talking about Kyrie Irving all morning. I just had to point that out. Oh, Isn't that... that's interesting. But Well, maybe he'll be able to weigh in. Maybe he knows who this guy is. So is Ian Thorpe the best swimmer in the world? Well, it said that he's um, the most decorated swimmer ever hmm the most decorated swimmer ever. wow i wonder 31 if that years old in australia or worldwide because michael phelps is pretty well decorated also yeah I, it would be interesting to look at i'm sure our man brian the insider would like to look into that for yeah. us as he's uh follows every who's more decorated as a swimmer ian thorpe i don't know or michael phelps they both have their their personal issues which i think probably michael phelps you know Got a lot of attention for hitting the water bong. And <laughs> Ian Thorpe now comes out as, as admitting he's gay. So, I mean, I think that gives him a little interesting side story to each of them. Hmm. And I would argue probably doesn't hurt. I mean, I had never heard of Ian Thorpe before this. 
Are you a swimmer? Do you watch swimming? No. Okay, then. I actually have it, it, it one time in my life got into swimming for exercise, and I, I could go swim a mile. That's awesome. Nonstop in a pool. Right now, today. I bet I could. Yeah, I, I could. Okay. I would go very, very slow, but I could go swim a mile. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd be going very slow. Yeah, 35 times down. Wait, 17 and a half laps is what it is. So down and back counting is one lap, 17 and a half in an Olympic-sized pool. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Once you get the breathing down, it's just, it clicks. It's like the first time I did it, it was tough. I couldn't get two laps without stopping. But once you get the breathing down, it's like you can do 35. When did you learn how to swim? Did you learn how to swim as a kid? I did, yeah, very young. I Yo- didn't. Younger well, than my kids have. Well, I went to Berea College, which... We all know we've talked about this before. Yes. But, Second um, all-time leading rebounder in the history of Berea College. Yes. Um, don't forget that, right? Um, but apparently Berea had the first in-ground, like state-of-the-art in-ground pool in the state. And apparently no one used it except for the swimming team. So they made it a, a mandatory that we have to take Berea's liberal arts school. You have to take a wellness class, which is basically like an adult PE um, and you have to, you know, do exercise, you lift weights, all those different things. But uh, one of the crucial parts of the class is uh, the swimming test. Okay. So you have to swim half length of the pool on your stomach, flip over to the other half on your back, and then you have to tread water for five minutes. Well, I didn't know how to tread water. <laughs> I never learned how to do that. I think I just randomly learned how to swim in the pool. So I didn't even take the test. But, of course, if you don't pass the test, you have to take a semester-long swimming class called survival swimming. Um, and I swam for two hours almost every single day, Monday through Friday in my summer that year. I was in the best shape ever. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Really? So you then, swam for two hours? What would you be doing while swimming? Um, well, they would teach us different strokes. Like you have to learn um, like how to swim on your back, how to do like little freestyle stuff. But, like butterfly. Do, the butterflies, like all of those things. Great, um, great workouts. God, yeah. Talk about burning calories and being hungry after you work out. To get an A... You had to tread water for 30 minutes straight. Wow. Did you do that? Yeah, I did. You treaded water for 30 minutes? 30 straight? minutes. Wow. And like, it's called survival, survival swimming? Survival swimming. So you also had to learn, um, so the treading water, then there was also a swimming technique. I think it was just called like survival swimming. Um, the basically like if for some reason you got trapped and you got lost in the middle of the ocean, how to minimize the energy that you expend while still moving forward like towards land, um, which was really, really cool. To learn how to do too. So wow, that's a pretty neat class. I gotta, I gotta give Bria credit. I yeah, haven't heard of that. Really awesome. That's pretty cool. Was was the instructor just sitting there staring at you, making sure you didn't uh, touch the for thirty minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They um. How many people were watching you? Um, they had the instructor, and then they had a couple of TAs, but they would only allow. Um, we had to do it like five or six at a time, so that and you had to be so far away from the edge of the pool, so make sure that you weren't touching. Wow, very interesting. Yeah. I was in the best shape of my life after that year. I believe it. Yeah. Okay. Um, story, story number two. Story number two. <laughs> Sorry, we got off on a tangent. That's all right. Uh, Texas Rangers catcher Giovanni Soto is apologizing to his teammates, fans, and his bosses, saying he's embarrassed after being arrested for marijuana possession a couple nights ago. 31-year-old uh, former NL Rookie of the Year was pulled over for speeding in Grapevine, Texas, around 10 p.m. on Wednesday night. Um, and during the stop... 
Cops say that they found a small amount of marijuana. Soto, who ultimately was arrested for marijuana possession, was hauled to a nearby station where he was booked and posed for a mugshot. Um, he was released on bail of just $500, so I'm guessing they didn't. It really wasn't that much marijuana. But he, um, just a, a couple of days afterward, issued a statement saying, um, I was stopped by Great Bound Police on Wednesday night. I'm embarrassed and would like to apologize to my family, the Rangers organization, and our fans that I was taken in on this charge. Um, he added, because this is an ongoing ca- case, I cannot discuss this matter any further. Um, when are these guys going to learn? <laughs> it looks like this is the second time. I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. In 2000, June 2009, Soto was revealed to have tested positive for marijuana at the World Baseball Classic. While the MLB did not take any disciplinary actions, the International Baseball Federation has banned him from playing internationally for two years. Well, maybe that's why he was so quick to issue these statements. Yeah. Maybe so he doesn't get in trouble. In this era of post-steroid baseball, where we're seeing guys who run the bases and play good defense, like Zach Cozart from my Reds, and guys who who play the game, really, I'll say it, the right way, and they don't rely on just just being physically huge and just cranking the ball out of the, the park at ridiculous rates. Is weed really that big of a deal? I mean, sure, it's embarrassing that he got caught. It's illegal. It's illegal. <laughs> it's illegal. But, I mean, doesn't make me think he's a loser. Or a, I mean, this is a pro athlete. This guy is working his ass off for, I mean, yeah, this this is a very well accomplished person. It's not like he's some bum. If you're a, a stoner who sits at home and smokes weed and doesn't work <laughs> and watches Netflix all day, yeah, you're a loser. This guy is not a loser. Doesn't in case he's wondering, Kelly Patrick is not judging him for this. Story, <laughs> story number three. Story number three. Apparently, Dwight Howard had stepped himself right in the middle of a heated political issue. Um, he tweeted out hashtag free Palestine and then immediately deleted it, apologized, and hell? called it a mistake. Um, so apparently yesterday afternoon, NBA star offered no explanation as to why he posted the free Palestine tweet, but it seems it was motivated by the current situation in the Middle East. Uh, moments after the tweet went up, it came right down and the backpedaling began. With Dwight writing, previous tweet was a mistake. I have never commented on international politics and never will. Uh, then came the follow-up. I apologize if I offended anyone with my previous tweet. It was a mistake. What does that make us think of Dwight Howard? A, Dwight Howard, my first reaction to that is through Dwight Howard's career, I saw him play in person in, um, I think it was in Atlanta. Wherever I saw him play in person, he was just had a big grin on his face the whole game. Real happy-go-lucky-seeming guy who didn't, it doesn't really seem like he's really that competitive. Maybe doesn't even isn't that um, type of guy who even applies himself as much as he should. Does this make you think, that's kind of cool that he's he's following international politics? Because that could be a reaction by many. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I feel like a lot of times athletes are hesitant to be involved in politics. Oh yeah, as I am, I mean. Or the potential of losing a side of their fan base or what have you. Um which I can understand completely. However, um, when things are going on in the world around you, I think it's normal and a good, I guess, part of being a good citizen to pay attention and to maybe voice your opinion. Um, I think that's part of being an engaged citizen. So I think um, those guys, guys that have that type of a um, 
name recognition, that have that much um, of a fan base. That many Twitter followers. Exactly. Let's see how many followers he has. I'll bring yeah. it up. Okay, I think those, those guys being involved and interested, um, maybe not involved, but maybe just expressing their, their thoughts, um, will make maybe a lot more people become more engaged citizens. Because I think some of the issue of what happens in our world um, this country in particular, is that so many people don't pay attention to what's happening until it's, like, at your front door. He has 5.22 million Twitter followers. Yeah. Over 5 million Twitter followers. hmm That was pretty recent. His most... Don't give me 5 million Twitter followers, because I'm just going to put it all on the table. <laughs> well, I mean, he said, previous tweet was a mistake. You already read that. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, wow. That's interesting. And not the most... Um, shocking or, you know, it doesn't make me think, it certainly doesn't make me think anything less of Dwight Howard. My stance would be maybe a little more. He pays attention a little bit more than maybe he he gets credit for. That's kind of cool. Yeah, and I think that brings in a whole side of, the other side of an athlete, um, that they are more than just basketball players. They have five citizen in the world. So five million people on. following them. So yeah, you're right. They're they're very powerful. Imagine, imagine if someone said like a Dwight Howard with that many followers tweeted, "Call your senator and advocate for this." Got a, a text. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, I mean that, that would be very powerful. Got a text from our man Mike Gandolfo. He says, "How do you accidentally tweet free Palestine?" Yeah, you don't. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I think I had a few too many drinks the other night, and I was thinking about just tweeting some stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Yeah. No, no, I wasn't. I don't see it happening. I, I it's he, not he, an accident. It wasn't an accident, clearly, and it makes me. I'd like. I'd be interested to hear what our man Mike Gandolfo has to say about it because my and maybe I'm jumping to conclusions because of when I saw Dwight Howard play in person, he was just smiling like he was just. Just heard the funniest joke of his life the whole game. Clearly not really even paying that close of attention to what's going on. And then to hear that he's actually someone who, at least at the surface, follows international politics? Yeah, I think that's kind of cool. I don't know about his stance. I'm not going to say I agree or anything like that. I I feel like I would have respected the situation more had he just left it. Yeah. And let let people talk about it the way they wanted to. If he wanted to answer questions about it, he could do that. But if that's how he really feels, or if he is interested in taking a political stance, then he should take that um, and support that. But to make a statement, like Mike said, and to take it down, like obviously maybe it's a mistake because he shouldn't have put his, he's thinking maybe I shouldn't have put my thoughts out there. Maybe that's the mistake he's talking about. But the tweet obviously is not in error. No one hacked you. I'd be interested to hear what our man Derek Anderson, our NBA insider, has to say about this because he never had an agent. Do you think that Dwight Howard's agent, I assume he has an agent, I'll I'll look it up, but do you think his agent follows him on Twitter and called him and said, whoa, 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 whoa. If you're an agent or a public relations advisor for someone and you see they're commenting on Palestine, um, you're going to say, hey, man, might as well not touch that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm I'd be interested to hear what happened. Because I don't think he would post that and then be like, oh, man, I shouldn't have posted that. And take it down. And then with the two follow-up tweets, someone probably told him to take it down. Dan Fagan is a graduate of, of Yale Law School. And he is a, an, a, an agent. He's Dwight Howard's agent. His first client was Chris Dudley. Gah! He's come a long way if his first client was Chris Dudley. <laughs> Chris Dudley was 
was not that impressive. Okay, so I'm wondering if Dan Fagan or someone else called him and said, take that down, man. Because athletes are allowed to have opinions, right? Yeah, they should. They should be. And why not use their – I mean, you could argue that they they should probably shoulder a little bit more of the responsibility. I mean, I'm not going to take this stance personally, but, I mean, they have a huge platform to where they could actually make a change in another – certain countries, uh, it actually happens. We see Vladimir Klitschko running for – President of his country, Manny Pacquiao doing the same in the Philippines. Do athletes have a responsibility to take a political stand and make a difference when necessary? You have an interesting perspective on that being a political figure and an athlete. Yeah, I, former athlete. I think um, I always have the mindset which. Even uh, Muhammad Ali said in a quote that when God's given you more than other people, you have the responsibility to use it right. So what are you going to do? Like with you've made all this money, you have built such name recognition in your community, um, then what? Like are you going to make a difference? Are you going to look and see like where their inequities lie and try to advocate for those being fixed? Or do you just go about your happy-go-lucky life because everything's fine for you? Um, And I think I I always – come into that space because I do understand um, especially while you're playing maybe some organizations don't want you to be political maybe that's um, maybe that's a locker room thing I don't know maybe it's an organization thing I don't know but I do think that anytime you have a position of influence you should use it in some capacity to help other people yeah you know there's other examples of the local guys here Rajon Rondo Derek Anderson who they hold these camps and you know they're not doing it to turn a profit, right? right? I mean, you think Rajon Rondo and Derek Anderson are holding camps in Louisville because they're that's how they're going to make their they they need they need money, and that's how they're going to make it is off young kids. No, it costs money to do it, but I mean, there's expenses associated with it. But I mean, that's giving back. That's doing something that the community came from. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'd say that to, to an extent, they do have a um, obligation. If I were an athlete, though, I'll be being honest. I don't want to touch stuff like that. Yeah, and I think I'm going to stay the hell people, away from that. A lot of people um, have that same sentiment that politics is such a nasty thing. They don't want to be involved. Um, but you think about how many really awesome people, how many people with genuinely great hearts um, flee from politics because it's such a nasty game. And then you leave people involved in politics that are all about power and all about money and all about special interests and all those things. And you have those people running our country. But what would happen if people that were genuinely interested in the well-being of the people, regardless of what party they were in or who was backing them financially, got involved just to try to make things better for people, I yeah. feel like that changes the world. Yeah, and, taking and, a, a not a political, not siding with one political party or another, but mm-hmm. maybe speaking up on issues that they find are significant. Yeah, things that just are about doing the right thing for people in general. Um, like someone I always really admired um, was the woman named Barbara Jordan. Um, She was the first African-American female um, senator in the state of Texas and then ended on being going into Congress. And I think had she lived long enough, may have run, made her run for president one day. But um, she was registered Democrat and she ran as a Democrat. But her life's mission was to do the right thing by people. She was all about ethics and um, those type of things. And so I think there's more people like that in the world that don't get involved. Um, And I think sometimes that's why our system has gotten so nasty and 
in the bad place that it's in. So, I mean, I always encourage people that have um, that are engaged in what's going on to to step up and get involved, whether it's volunteering for someone else. Maybe it's maybe it's even like advocating for a candidate that you think would do um, the right thing with the position. Um, But I do think that it's time, especially people in our generation, to kind of step up and take control of what's going on for because all of the stuff that's happening now is going to affect our future, our future families. So um, it's a nasty business. Um, but I'm hopeful that if you get some of more of the right people in the seats, that can change them. No question about it. Any more stories from Ashley's Loco Cinco this week? No, nope, that was it. That was the three, the top three. Everything else was a little bit bland. No problem. Not very crazy. Pretty interesting, though. Yeah. Conversation pieces. Absolutely. Dwight Howard, arguably the best center in the league, tweets out Free Palestine, then says it was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> Brings up interesting discussion points. Yep. No question about it. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln buzz line, 502-384-1450. Phone lines are open. Give us a call. Kelly, I woke up like this. <laughs> Is that this song? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. It's flawless. Okay, I didn't even know that. When are we going to hear? Oh, there we go. Oh, my gosh. All right. Stay tuned for more of the weekend sports buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by Brandon J. Lawrence, personal injury attorney. I want to thank Brandon for allowing us to be on the air every Saturday from 9 to 11. And Sunday from 10 till noon, give Brandon a call, 502-587-0041, to reach the best personal injury attorney in the city of Louisville. Give him a call with all your personal injury attorney needs. Oxmoor Ford Lincoln Buzz Line, 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now. We got our man, longtime caller Tony, on the line with us. Tony has questions about the press conference from yesterday of Rick Patino. A lot of great stuff we got to. How you doing this morning, Tony? I'm doing good. Doing great. Looking doing at, looking over this press conference from yesterday. There's a lot of. You're right. There's a lot of really good nuggets. Um, to take away from it, whether it be Wayne Blackshear's progression and how he feels the hourglass is running to an end and that he this is his time to be a senior and the captain. W- Tony, what did you take away from yesterday's press conference that really impacted you the most? I was uh, really, I was, I was surprised. Well, I knew Rozier was good, but, the, 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 you know, going from the world we had last year, there's something about him being the focal point of the offense this year. I would have thought it may have been Chris Jones, but they're saying, well, here is going to be the man this year. You probably won't see a junior year. 
Yeah, what do you what do you think about that, yeah. Ashley? I mean, Rozier had a good, very good freshman campaign. He didn't get to shoot the ball that much. Hell, Russ Smith was on his team. Ashley, do you see Rozier stepping up and being someone who can average eighteen points a game, something like that? Um, I think he has the potential. Um, something that I really admired about Terry Rozier last year was his unselfishness. Um, he was very, very willing to um, play the role that. Um, Patino and playing the opportunities that Patino gave him because there were a lot of times that he would play really well in the game, but then there might be a big game coming up next um, where he didn't play as much and um, seemed totally fine with that, like giving his team what they needed. So um, I, I honestly would prefer Terry Rozier over Chris Jones in a game on my team. Like being oh, person, yeah. No question uh, about it. Chris Jones, though, according to the press conference yesterday, and I think we may have lost Tony there. Mm-hmm. Okay, we did. Thank you very much for the call, Tony. Sorry, I, I meant to get back to you there. But according to the press conference, Chris Jones, uh, let me find the exact quote, but Rick said that he's as quick. Chris Jones has taken a long time to get where they want him, and he's now as quick as any. Rick, Rick says Chris Jones is as good as any guard he's ever coached speed-wise and is unguardable when, now that he's got those 10 pounds off. Yeah, it's interesting that it took him since April to get 10 pounds off. Like, I lost 10 pounds in a month. And a half. Yeah. You know, you know what else is interesting is assistant coach Kenny Johnson has lost 65. Has lost 65 pounds since, since April. So if I'm Chris Jones, I would feel a little bit... I would feel bad. But Chris Jones was already a fine, you know, to play in the Rick Pitino system, he was relatively already a very finely tuned athlete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would like to say that I'm very happy to see um, his statements about uh, Wayne Blackshear, which I will have to tell you, I've taken a beating over the past couple of years um, supporting Wayne Blackshear and saying that it's it's his time that he um, has the potential to take over a game, to really, truly influence his team. And up until this point, he's made me look somewhat like a liar. But I told everybody, and I said it at the end of the season, I stick to my guns this year. is Wayne's big year. I, I agree with you completely, Ashley. I think you and I should start the Wayne Blackshear Movement. Fan, fan, fan Club. club. Yeah, let's Because do let's it. look at his resume. Hell. My friends even to this point call him my cousin because I like I'm always like Wayne's going to step up. He's going to step up. I know he's going to step he's up. He's always in the starting lineup. Yep. His freshman year we made that magical run to the the final four, right? Yeah. Unexpected. He was a, he he wasn't a huge role during the regular season, but he did play and it contributed down the the stretch of the the final four run. His sophomore year, we win the national championship. He's in the starting lineup. Right. How can everybody hate so much on someone who's a starter for the Louisville Cardinals when they win the national championship? Yeah, I think that uh, maybe what works against Wayne is that he had so much hype and press coming into UofL about how fantastic a player he was and how he was, you know, expected to do all this down the other. And then he has a shoulder injury, has a surgery. I feel like that took away some of his swag on the court. It was almost like he had to like relearn, get back in the system. Um, and then I feel like he kind of, his confidence was shaking there for a while. His, his shot was a little bit off and I feel like he couldn't truly get into a rhythm, but um, it's, it's very encouraging to see Patino say that um, he's dedicated himself more in a short time than the three years prior. So that makes me really, really excited. No question about it. He won Chicago Player of the Year his senior year in high school mm-hmm. over Anthony Davis. So, yeah, he was a McDonald's All-American. When he came in, he was supposed to be one of the best recruits 
on paper that Rick had ever brought in, along with Shane Behannon, uh, those two. And I would argue both of them had very already, if Wayne left right now, I think he deserves all the credit in the world because he was a starter on the national championship team. In his length, they say he's got about a seven-foot wingspan. He plays the wing. He doesn't have to shoot it much. He knows the defense. But this year, Ashley, you're predicting that Wayne Blackshear takes that next step. I think he does. And I think between he um, and Montrez Harrell um, and Terry Rozier, I think those are three players that can take us a pretty long way in the tournament this coming year. Um, also very excited to hear um, that the two, the biggest improvements are with Akoya Gow and Mango. I'm sorry. Um, but I think... I always I wondered if Mango would be like another Gorgie because I felt like Patino was really good on getting these big guys that are projects and then making him look like a freaking genius. He's the master of he it. He is at by year three because um, we all remember Gorgie getting rebounds and taking off walking without dribbling, yeah. um, not really knowing the rules of basketball. I think Mango came in with a little bit more basketball experience, so he kind of knew the game a little bit and he got to watch it for an entire season before he actually put on a jersey so I'm I'm excited to see and you know I'm also very partial to the big men that are Cardinals so I'm really excited to see um, the development there also interested to see um, Quentin Snyder and see how he will how much he'll be actually be able to play it looks like Patino said he's just defensively not ready he needs to be in better shape but he will play this year so that'll be interesting to watch too no question about it a lot of good stuff uh, coming out of the press conference, we haven't talked too much about Louisville basketball lately. Ashley, as you can tell with the enthusiasm in our voices, we don't mind talking about it when I'm, it comes. It makes me excited. Um, Rick Pitino, never a dull moment when he's behind a microphone. No, at he, all. He's not afraid to make It's almost where he does it for shock value and he gets a lot of criticism for that. I don't care. I mean, some of these comments are amazing. He says, Shaquan Aaron... Reminds the staff of Francisco Garcia. Hmm. He's supposed to come in at 185 pounds. Instead, he came in at 168. Hmm. Um, in, in closing, it says Rick is very pleased with the guys. He raves about having talented bigs with outstanding potential. It did surprise me. Um, well, I guess not surprise me, but I was kind of hoping not for this. But the um, Muhammad, I forgot. I don't know how to say that is Muhammad or not, but because the spelling, but the seven footer. Mahmoud, I, 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 good question. I don't Mahmoud. know. One of the seven footers. I mean, probably going to need a red shirt year. So I was kind of hoping that he'd be able to step in and play some this year. But I guess that hasn't been completely decided yet. But um, being honest, it's, these are all just names sure. until it comes out and we actually watch them play and we oh, get yeah, to yeah. see if they contribute. How many seven footers are going to be on the Cards roster now? I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Or guys six eleven or six ten and above. We got Mango. We got Akoya Gao. We got Max Stockman, who I don't even think is here yet, but he will be soon. Um, yeah, I was going to say, how many of these guys are, have actually set foot on campus yet? Yeah, all of them except for Matt Stockman. Okay. Yeah. So they, they said that it took, let's see, who, who was it? Where is he from? I'm sorry, Jalen Johnson is not. Matt Stockman is from... Because it said he should be in Louisville on Saturday. Okay. Maybe I'm conv- Yeah, I think it's actually Jalen Johnson who's not That's here. That's not here yet. Hmm. I'm not exactly Mr. Recruiting Guru. Well, you need to step it up, Kelly Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see. Norway. 7-2 freshman oh, okay. from Norway. Yeah, the Mats part is what made me think that he was. And then they said something about has, having his visa now. So 7-foot-2. Wow. 
He's a monster, and he's very thin. Let's see. His goal is for Matt's to gain 20 pounds so that he'll weigh 255. So he's, he is 7'2", 235. He's a skinny guy. Jeez. 7'2", 235. So plenty to work with there. Rick is really, I think he took a beating from Coach Cal pretty roughly over the past few years. This is just my honest opinion. Agree or disagree, Ashley. And that he has vowed to himself he needs to get more length. The the the, the time of of um, Kentucky just having simply just way bigger players than Louisville, that's over. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion of why Rick is seemingly signing any seven-footer he can get his hands on. Well, I think um, at the end of the day, when you have a, a significant big man, it changes the entire game. It changes. Um, it makes the defense have to be honest, and it opens up the floor a lot for your guards. And I think he's done a fantastic job recruiting guards. Like you've got, um, you've got Chris Jones, you've got Terry Rozier, Anton Gill, who apparently has made some big strides. Um, and then you're bringing in Jaquan Aaron, Jaquan Aaron, Quinn Hammond, or Quentin Snyder. I'm sorry, but those guys are going to need somebody to be a threat in the post, besides Montrose Harrell. Oh, yeah. No question about it. In order to really be able to... And what happens when Montrose Harrell's gone? Rick said yesterday also he has no... I'm sure he's not it for him. Rick isn't isn't leaving, but you're right. Montrose Harrell's going to be gone after this year. Mm-hmm. So we've got to make plans for who's going to be in the post in Rick's system mm-hmm. um, beyond this upcoming season. We're going to head to our last break of the show, going out to none other than... Ashley's Beyonce. Oh, yeah. Partition. We'll be back with more weekend sports, bud. You like how I had to speed up to a more active part there? Yeah, you did. Still partitioning. I think, yeah, like there's two, um, in the radio version of that song, there's one song called Yonce and one called, song called Partition, and they're like fused together. So that part where you just fast forward, it was like the that Slow middle part. part. Yeah. Gotcha. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz, brought to you by our man, Brandon J. Lawrence. Covered a lot of ground in today's show. I feel like it's a good show, Ashley. I do too. It's been awesome. It's been very active, fun. Always great throwing some UVL there. Yeah. Tony, by all means, if you're still listening, anytime you want to say, hey guys, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can talk about the Tour de France and the, the World Cup all you want, but don't forget about our Louisville Cardinals. Neither Ashley nor myself will be opposed to that. I will tell you, last night um, at Miss Kentucky during the top five, um, Melissa Cox, who is a young lady I love dearly, um, she was in the top five. She's actually the baton twirler that marches with UofL marching band. Okay. Um, she unfortunately won the title of Miss Lexington, Miss Lexington this year. Unfortunately? And, unfortunately. Why, she, why do you say just that? Just because she was, um, she actually wore a blue dress for her on-stage question. With, it had like a hot pink belt. And um, one of the questions they were asking her, you know, how hard it is for her 
to mask her U of L loyalty. Um, oh. And she said, you know what? I just hope people don't ask me, but I really bleed red. And she threw up the L's on stage. And along with her, there were three other ladies in the top five that threw up the L's with her. So that made me feel fantastic that there were four out of five of the top five last night were U of L fans. Wow. <laughs> That's like the uh, Free Palestine tweet that Dwight Howard sent out. If you're trying to, and it's different than Dwight Howard because Dwight Howard's not running for something, but you almost don't want to touch that. But you got to respect him in a way for going out on a limb and saying, you know, this is who I am. Oh, sure. Sure. I think, honestly, I feel like the biggest part of pageantry, I think in pageantry, whether it's politics where I'm stepping in now or sports or whatever the case may be, I think that you gain the most respect from people by being authentic. And being your true self. So I think if those those are things that you truly believe, at some point they're going to come out. That's something that uh, one of my mentors said to me at the very beginning um, when I initially decided to run for a state representative is that be who you are. Um, expose the parts of your normal self that you want to, but always be who you are because you think that you put on this persona for a year to win an election. People are going to anticipate that that's who you are here going forward. So if I decide to run for another decade... Yeah. People are always going to expect me to be that person that I portrayed myself to be. And if that's not you, how hard is that? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, in, in the world of politics, you could be running in 20 years. Yeah, I don't know about that. You could be. <laughs> I could be. Yeah, I mean, you could be for like president or something in 20 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're right to, to say one thing. You, being consistent, a sports story that comes up where someone is authentic, and we talked about this a while ago, but... When Steve Nash was asked, "Are you? Why are you coming around? Why are you sticking with the Lakers? Because he's clearly washed up." He said, "It's because they owe me like eighteen million dollars, or I forget how much some some ridiculous amount of money." He said, "It's for the money." Mm. I mean, does that score you points? Even if it's ugly, might as well be honest. I think if it's even if it's ugly, it's the truth. Doesn't make me think any less of Steve Nash as a person. If I were a Lakers fan, I'd probably be a little upset about it. Well. I'd want to know more. I'd want to know why do they owe you that much money and do you have to play to get it or what? where that came from, you know? Jürgen Klingsmann, former coach of Germany, who is playing in the World Cup championship today, is now the U.S. coach of, of the United States national team. He says Americans pay their stars at the wrong time, and Steve Nash is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. I, I I think Kobe Bryant is now too. I mean, he, he, he used Kobe Bryant as an example. He yeah. actually called Kobe Bryant out. He's he hasn't been as productive. He's been injured a lot, but he's still has a very obscene contract. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't unless you're you're coming out and saying we. It means this much to us that Kobe Bryant retires a Laker. Right? Yeah, I mean. Because if that's the case, then I can kind of see what they mean. You know, I, you don't want them to go somewhere else, end up in Chicago or, you know, somewhere like that. Um, but my thought is because you didn't give them the most productive, money. Does it matter? It doesn't matter to me. I agree with you. I, I don't think I'm of the school of thought, and I said it earlier that Kareem Abdul Jabbar leaving the Milwaukee Bucks and going to the Lakers didn't hurt him at all. It helped him. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Michael Jordan going to the Wizards is the end of his career diminished anything that he did in the league at all. So I don't have a problem. I don't get caught up in this. I mean, it, sure, it's kind of neat that Derek Jeter played his entire career with the Yankees. Yeah, it's also it's very rare. Very rare, and I don't. I think it may be overvalued. 
by some or yeah, by many. I think I can see um, the attraction and wanting to be that franchise player and start your career and end your career in the same place. You can settle. You can build your life there. Um, I can see all those positive things. Um, but the likelihood, I think, in a league that is so business-oriented um, and sometimes maybe politically driven, I think that that's tough to... Jack Nicholson's not going to say, okay, let Kobe go, and then let's let's build through the draft. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't sound as appealing. Plus, if you keep Kobe, it goes beyond even the value of him on the court. How much more likely are the Lakers to land Kevin Love being that they have Kobe Bryant on their roster? Mm. Yeah, but then it's a how big many deal. players will not want to play with Kobe, too? You think a lot? I think there are some players that wouldn't want to play with him. He doesn't have the I best reputation. He doesn't. If I was, if I was a star player or had the potential to be a star player, I would not want to play on Kobe Bryant's team. The fact that he has went through stretches of games where he refused to shoot it just to make a point, and there's no questioning that he refused to shoot it in clutch moments of games because he was called a ball hog, and he was like, "Oh, okay, you think I'm a ball?" I mean, that's like a little kid. Yeah. Jordan would never do that. No. He's not going to be, I'm a winner. I'm going to do what I have to do to make sure my team wins. He's going to shoot it because he knows that's what's best. Yeah. I would would never want Kobe Bryant on my team. You would never want Kobe on your team? Ever. Not even the fresh um, in the NBA at his best. Not Not even the the Louisville Thoroughbreds? No. Okay. No. Because I think he's a, (laughs) people are going to hate me for this, but I think he's like, He's one of those people that if you have other potentially good players, he's like a cancer because he doesn't want to share the spotlight with anybody significant. Obviously, we saw that with him and Shaq. Like, I mean, that would have been – they could have built a dynasty around the two of them. Imagine if Shaq stayed there. Yeah. They could have built a dynasty around the two of those guys. But ego. Tough. Ashley Miller, a admitted LeBron James fan. And an admitted Kobe Bryant, can we say hater? Maybe, that's fine. I'll I'll embrace that. (laughs) Okay. Well, we've covered some good stuff today. Three o'clock today, I'm really looking forward to uh, watching um, the World Cup finals. Where's Brandon? Brandon, I texted him. He's supposed to be calling in. I don't know. He's probably out. Out getting Saving ready, the world out something? getting ready for the World Cup. You know how he is. Him and Brian, the insider, they're high rollers. Maybe they, he's in Brazil. Maybe he's in Brazil. Those guys travel around and uh, different parts of the country. I talked to Brandon one day randomly, and he said he was at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium just watching the game. And I was like, "Oh my god, I didn't even know you were going." No big deal for Brandon Lawrence. So, coming off a, a great um, Rick Pitino press conference, we've got our, our palate wet a little bit for getting back into the groove of um, a couple good seasons from the first year for Louisville in the ACC, basketball and football. We got Bobby Petrino, draw a parallel between uh, LeBron going back to uh, Cleveland and Bobby Petrino going back to the Louisville Cardinals. But we got Bobby Petrino's offense and his exciting style of play with a, a very difficult schedule ahead of them in the ACC. And we got Rick Petino and the basketball team coming up. So that we're on the horizon. We've almost got through the local dead period as far as the offseason goes, Ashley. Yeah, we have. NFL's right around the corner. So is, like you said, the Cardinal football right around the corner. I look forward to 
I think maybe we're the only school in the state that looks forward to football these days. <laughs> you definitely don't think it's uh, Kentucky? Nah. Not at all. Not even close. They're probably like, oh, football season. What's that? What about um, the NFL? Do you have a, I've asked you before. Yeah. You don't have an NFL team, do I you? I don't. I need someone to help me adopt a team or something. I, I could say be a Bengals fan. Of course you say that. Well, I don't know. I do need a team. I mean, the Vikings? Teddy Bridgewater may start yeah, a lot. I could, I could definitely do the Vikings because of Teddy. I was hoping he would go to the Bengals so then I could... That would be a perfect marriage. Yeah, it would be awesome. So Brandon just texted in. He's actually at a family reunion in Memphis. So won't be able to to talk to Brandon J. Lawrence today. We do appreciate him allowing us to be on the air each week, Saturday from 9 to 11 and Sunday from 10 until noon. Been a great show, Ashley. We're going to wrap things up here. Everybody stay tuned to 1450 WXVW for those weekend golf guys who are coming up right after us. And... We'll be back next Sunday with more Weekend Sports Buzz.